Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Leading off hour number two with the best. Best dressed, best championship run according to Seth Rollins and more. WWE superstar Seth freaking Rollins joins what? us on Outkick 360. Pleasure, Boys, man. how are you? Thanks for having me. Hell of a setup you got here. You got like four or five different cameras just pointing right at me. Feels good. Feels lights. good. You, you yeah, respond well to the lights. I've got it's the, good. I've, I got the, the glasses on, so I feel I feel good. I feel protected. Let's rock and roll. What you boys got going on today? How much did you pay for the wardrobe today? Uh, that's an undisclosed amount of money. <laughs> Can't I, you know uh, a good man doesn't talk about his his money and how he how he spends it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, fair. Yeah. Um, last time you wore the same suit. On, on Raw, on SmackDown, on a, a, a pay-per-view, whatever it might be. Last Is time it, I wore the same one? Yeah, repeat. No, no, no repeat. I've noticed this. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's different every single time. Always. They don't recycle. It's a wild game I'm playing over here. <laughs> it's I a wild keep up game. with it, man. Yeah, it's a wild game I'm playing over here, man. I got all the right people in the right places to help me in line, but yeah, we don't repeat. Do What's you, the percentage of outfits you keep versus uh, what's turned oh, back great. in or auctioned off to charity? So, we, I have a bunch of them right now we're in the process of getting an, an auction set up i don't know there's some sort of platform we're going to use through wwe to get it done i just got to get all the suits to these people and then we're going to get them going but uh i'd say like percentage wise the ones i keep that don't get ripped or just lost somewhere you're probably looking at like i'd say I keep about 60 percent wow yeah, six higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, well, because I don't wear one every week. Like some weeks when I'm just wrestling and you don't see me, you know, in street clothes or whatever, I don't wear the suit. So it just it really depends. But yeah, it's it's a high amount. It's a high. The closets are filling up. Seth Rollins, our guest uh, on Outkick 360. You've been in the WWE now for like a decade, right? Uh, ten years, a little over ten years. Yeah, I started uh, on television with the Shield in November of 2012. Does it feel like it's been 10 years? In some ways, yes. In other ways, it feels like it was just yesterday when we got started. So it's, it's, a wild, it's been a wild decade. I can't believe that I've been on WWE television for a decade. I was with the company for two years prior to that in our mm -hmm. developmental system in NXT. So it's been 12 years really with WWE. I've been with them longer than I wasn't by quite a wide margin, which is staggering to me to think about. I don't know where the time goes. And think about the ride with what... Over that decade, with you, uh, with Roman, uh, Moxley, let's throw him in there, yeah, too. I mean, the three of you from that debut until now has been quite the, uh, just the rise. You haven't had the ups and downs, really. I mean, there's always some downs. Maybe not for Roman. <laughs> but for the, the, the other ones, we've had, we've had our share of a roller coaster. But I've been very fortunate to use some of those little dips yeah. as catapults to the next. The injuries and things you're talking the, about. Yeah, injuries or, you know, just... You know, you, you see it as this, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're inside of it, it doesn't feel that way. It feels a lot like this. And I've had the injury. Um, you know, Moxley's gone up and down. He switched promotions and, and had to, you know, figure out what he wanted to do for himself. Obviously, Roman with the leukemia uh, diagnosis a few years back had to overcome that to be able to come back and be where he's at. So there's been a, a lot that's gone on in the last 10 years. But at the end of the day, we had one 
goal, one mission when we debuted, and that was to redefine the industry. And over the last decade, I dare say we've accomplished that in spades. How over the, you get a double digit years now, how does your standing within the company change and evolve over those 10 Not just your ups and downs with injuries you know, or anything else, but in terms of where you feel like you're at now in the context of the company. Yeah, you know, I, I had an epiphany the other week. Um, I was in, in having a conversation um, with John Cena ab about some stuff, and I had, I had realized I'm about the same age now, actually a year or two older, as John was when I first came into the company. And John was the top dog. And he was one of the guys who would sit at the monitor and watch every match. And, you know, people would ask him for advice and all that. And now I find myself in that position, sitting at the monitor at every live event, watching every match and having opinions. <laughs> and I, I don't know when that shift happened. I don't know when it became that for me. But it's truly an honor to be sort of in that position and to see all these young guys and girls coming up uh, looking at me with any amount of esteem, thinking, uh, I, I go, they can't feel about me the way I felt about John. There's no, there's no way that's true. But on some level, it, it must be, which is pretty mind-boggling to me. Do you think even John ever knew that's the way people viewed him? I feel like if you're in those shoes, no, no, it's hard to understand that. That's the thing. I, I think you're right. I don't think John, I don't think when you're in those shoes, you ever feel that sense of, oh, I'm... I'm supposed to be this guy, you know? It just It's something that, and I know for John, it wasn't ever a thought like, oh, I have to do this. It was just, that's what he saw. He saw guys like Undertaker, saw guys like Triple H. He saw other guys, you know, people who did that, Shawn Michaels, who did that same thing, and he always just emulated what they did and wanted to help the next generation be better. And so I dare say I, I sort of just saw the same thing in John, and here we are. A decade letter, and now I'm trying to pass on whatever information, whatever good knowledge I've got <laughs> up in this brain, uh, you know, to the, the next guys and girls who are going to be here long after I'm gone. Seth Rollins, our guest on Outkick 360. Cody Rhodes puts you in the top three yeah. of pro wrestlers right now in the world. Put himself above me, I believe. He, does, he, he did, and he has Roman number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he wrestled with the torn pec, mm -hmm. you were the opponent. Indeed. What was that night like? You've wrestled through injuries. Every, uh, the top guys do that. But for him, I mean, he's, you know, you can see the blood coming through the skin. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the bruised up stuff. It looked awful. And somehow he was cleared to go out and wrestle that night. Um, it was an epic moment. And now he's back with a ch chance to, to regain what he was after at the time before he had to miss, what, nearly a year or something, right? Uh, yeah, that would have been in June or something like that, okay. maybe, May or June. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, was a, it was a long hiatus, eight, nine months, something like that. How difficult do you think that was on him, pain-wise? Um, I mean, pain-wise, I imagine it was pretty excruciating. I think, a lot, you know, I've been in matches where I've gotten hurt and finished, mm -hmm. and I, I've wrestled many matches with injuries that I probably shouldn't have competed in but I think that is a different level because visually it's so startling it was so startling visually that I think even you know I have I've never watched the match back but I think even for the audience in Chicago it took them it took the breath out of the arena for a little while almost like they were they were watching a car crash right it was like you can't 
you can't take your eyes away, but you feel like you shouldn't be watching what's happening. And so, uh, as the match went on, obviously you got to, you know, you get a little more accustomed to it, you get you know, more used to it, and then you start to get into the story. And and it was a, a career-defining moment for him. And and I know personally from you know someone who's been at the top of the game and had an injury and had to take time off. That's a, extremely mentally frustrating. My my feeling for him was it was probably harder mentally than it was physically to ha feel that wave of momentum be ripped away from you and then have to try to grab that on the backside because there's always the question of, well, what if it never gets to that point for me again? What if I never have that? What if the audience doesn't accept me? What, what if, what if, what if, what if? And until you go out there and feel it, you're never going to know the answer. You're never going to have that confidence. So I imagine it was a difficult process for him. I don't know, but I imagine. Well, and separate of you performing hurt at times, how many other times have you been in a situation where you want to go, bro, are you okay? You know, when you're with someone in the ring knowing they're dealing with something and you can visibly see it on their face or in their body that something's not right. Is that something that happens often, oh, it's more so, often no, than we know about? It's so rare. It's so rare. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're you know, at the top of our game professionally, and so everybody's safety is of prime concern. Obviously, accidents happen in the ring. As the old saying goes, it's not ballet, right? So injuries, yeah. injuries happen. You know, I, I, like I said, I've been there with a broken jaw, separated shoulders, blew my knee out in the middle of a match, obviously. Um, but these things happen. You have to figure out how to move on with them. But, yeah, it's very rare that you're in a situation where somebody's hurt to the point where it's visually, like there's a bone popping out of the arm or something like that, um, where, you know, you try to figure it out. One of the ones that I can remember firsthand, I, I'm in a match at SummerSlam in Brooklyn with Finn Balor. He's got the demon paint on. And I end up uh, powerbombing him into a guardrail, and he, uh, trying to protect himself, puts his arm back, pops his shoulder. You know, you don't know the extent of the injury. There's a lot of pain, but there's also a lot of adrenaline going through your body, and I remember having the discussion mid-match about you know, do we want to keep going and try to do this, or because it was very fairly early on in the match, or do you, do we just let's go and get it up? You know, yeah. and so it depends on the type of injury. You know, it's one of those where if it's a, you know, kind of an orthopedic injury, okay, we can probably figure out how to work around it and be as safe as possible. If it's a head injury, that's a different story. Now you can't rely on somebody to make their own decisions for them, and you've got to you got to get out of there. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you don't know. You just you don't know. They're not in the right frame of reference. But it is rare. I will say that. It is very rare. I, I would say I've been doing this for 20 years. I've had 2,000 or more matches probably somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, we're talking less than a tenth of a percent of the time that's ever and happened. And you finished that match at SummerSlam, you mentioned? We did. We did. Uh, Finn is a trooper. He's as tough as they come. And, and he finished the match. Actually, he beat me in that match. <laughs> so kudos to him. That's why they finished it. <laughs> yeah, right. If it was going the other way, no, God. I want to keep going. Get I it out of here. Yeah. Get me out of here. Yeah. So uh, that, what you're describing is, is how I think uh, the common fan like us would say that, that's paying your dues. What, I, I mean, right? I hope being injured in yeah, the okay. ring is not part of paying your dues. Well, but there is a certain toughness that comes along with yeah, there, there's a skin on the wall at some, at some point of that, right? Like, I, I, what I'm getting to, what about the newcomers who, don't, who jump in and are immediately – on top. Now, on top meaning getting the push. Logan Paul comes to mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like there could be a great rivalry between you two based on the mindset of the business. So there's, uh, I mean, we're obviously heavily juxtaposed on how we entered WWE and how we dipped our toes in this industry. I 
love this business. It's given me everything I have good in my life. I owe you know pretty much my entire life to it. Uh, my wife, I got you know basically my baby, you know her education paid for everything. My family taken care of because of this industry, and I've loved it from a, a young age. Always been a fan of it. Always wanted to give back to it. Always wanted to leave it better than I found it. Logan Paul, on the other hand, comes in gets handed opportunities, doesn't really care about the business, doesn't really love our industry, doesn't really seem to love anything but money and himself. And so when I see that and I see that selfishness, it just rubs me the wrong way, right? It just puts me off. Oh, there's, yeah. no, there's no other way you can look at it from my perspective and think that it's okay. If he was going to do something for somebody other than himself, we could have a conversation and maybe he could prove that to me one day. Maybe he can prove me wrong. I'm all about it, you know, but you look at someone like the Miz or someone even like a Pat McAfee, right? Mike, the Miz was a reality store star before this on the real world. He got into this, uh, you know, via tough enough or something along those lines. Right. But Mike loves the business. He's paid his dues. Look at him now, Pat McAfee, same thing. And now Pat's got a ways to go, but Pat loves the industry. He shows up, puts in the work. He'd come to SmackDown every single week, do the announcing, and then do the gigs on top of that. Pat, is, is, he loves it. He wants to give back to it. I don't read that from Logan Paul. That's just not what I get from him. And then to come in, the Royal Rumble, throw me out, which is fine. That's part of the game. But to then go on social media behind my back and try to rub it in my face... I mean, come on, dude. Where's 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 the courage in that? Like, where what? Where's, what, where's the respect? What, where's any? Yeah, where's the respect? It'd be like respect? you going into the world of YouTubing and acting like you knew everything, right? Well, I and mean, taking it from him, he, and then he would be upset with that. I right? respect his hustle, but dude, like, don't don't come into our world where you know passion is key, and then just push the respect out the window. It's just if you if you did this to the Undertaker, he would have knocked your your teeth out of your mouth. And so I may not be the Undertaker. My right hand ain't as good as him, but I got a right boot that says otherwise, and I'd be more than willing to stomp his teeth right out of his mouth. The problem is, dude's all talk. He doesn't want to say anything to my face. Loves to put it on social media, so my rant is is complete. The, the point is, I'm not hard to find. Well, and I think, personally, I think we'll find you two at WrestleMania. It makes too much sense. Hollywood, uh, headed out to L.A., I mean, yeah, I mean, sounds like an opportunity. You know, I, 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 I'm the new Mr. WrestleMania. You look at my WrestleMania repertoire, sounds like something he'd be interested in. If he's got the guts, we'll see. I don't know. Right now, he's just bragging about throwing me out of the Royal Rumble. Newsflash, idiot, you also got thrown out of the Royal Rumble. And so. I, it's, all, it's also the, the highest grossing WrestleMania already, already. right, all time, already. based on the ticket prices. Yep, yep, and what we've sold. You I would mean, tear the house down with that. It's going to be, I tear the house down with oh, anybody, bro. Well, anybody. That's fair. You look at my WrestleMania track record, I tear the house down with anybody. If he wants to get in that group, good for him. He can take, take, take. That's what he wants to do. So come take, 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 Logan Paul. Is Vince McMahon back? I don't know. So he's not he's not backstage. No, like no, he was. no. I haven't seen Vince or spoken with Vince since uh, he retired. Okay, retired. I've only seen the headlines <laughs> that he's back, but so I, if I he's heard back, anything. he's behind the scenes. Yeah. So, so from my understanding, he's back to to help sh- the shareholder value yeah. and broker, uh, you know, a possible sale of the company or whatever is going to be the best avenue um, for the shareholders as far as negotiating TV rights deals or all the stuff that's way above 
my pro wrestling brain. <laughs> so I, I haven't seen him. I haven't talked to him. Um, I, I don't know what's going on there. Final thing for you. You mentioned you a new father. Oh, yeah. And Two years now, though. Two years. How, Not quite. Oh, yeah. I'm starting, okay. to my, starting to feel it out. You know? how, does, how has that changed your travel regimen? I know you and Becky have been on the mend a bit recently. Uh, with, with injuries, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for her especially. Yep. She's back now. She's just um, back. Uh, you take the family's going everywhere. Is that we're, how it works? We're a traveling circus, baby. She comes with us everywhere we go. Uh, the, the only thing that's made the, the the real biggest change is that we're on the road a little bit longer now because we used to just take early morning flights. Okay. And you know, out and in, and now you know we're flying in a night early so that baby doesn't have to have her kind of pattern disrupted. The, yeah. yeah. Uh, but she's a trooper, dude. She's been from here to, I mean, she's been to Saudi Arabia twice already. You know wow, what I mean? That's amazing. We took her to Europe for a little tour. I mean, she's been un, unreal, like adaptable. It's, it's amazing. And I'm hoping that, you know, obviously she won't remember these experiences, but one of the cool things was, you know, we had her at the end of 2020 and we went on the road with her in 2021. And so I'm hoping this experience of being, uh, around adults and people, especially, you know, we're talking into pandemic here where there wasn't a lot of social mm-hmm. interaction. I'm really hoping that that uh, helps her development. She's, she's the best, though, dude. She's having, she's having the time of her life, and we're having the time of our lives, being able to take her all over the place and show her cool stuff. And really, she just wants a, a swing set and a slide. <laughs> <laughs> so if we could find that in any town, she's happy. Maybe I'm being stupid here, but I, I wonder in the moment, do you realize, like, there are a ton of second and third generation superstars right now. Yeah. Do you consciously think like we're we're raising the second generation Rollins? Um, you see what I'm saying? Man, you know what? I'm not I'm not one for the nepotism. If this is something she okay. wants to do, I, I'd support her. Um, not that you're forcing it, but I mean, no, no, no. I mean, there's always a thought, of course. Yeah. Like, it oh, feels wow. like she already loves it the way you describe how adaptable <laughs> she's been on the road. Yeah, that she, there's already something inherent. The, I mean, she. Um, She's an entertainer, that's for sure. I'll say that. I'll say that. She likes being in the ring and running around, and, and hit. she can hit the ropes already. I, I'll, I'll give her that. She's got a good leg drop like her mama. So uh, there, there's some some positives. But if it's if she wants to do it, I, I you know, I'd support her. If she wants to go do something else, I'll support her. I love her no matter what. I'm just excited that we get to have these experiences with her. Not a lot of families get that opportunity to take their two-year-old on the road everywhere they go uh, globally. So it, it's the best. Keep entertaining us, man. Hey, thank, thank you, you very much. I appreciate the time. I'm sorry I had to spend half of it talking about that human dumpster fire, Logan Paul. So It's my fault. Yeah, you brought him up. That is your fault. We'll, yeah. we'll edit that out in post. That's on him. Yeah, well, That'll sh- be taken out in post. I'm sure you will. These sunglasses sure are will. Seth's fault, though. Hey, pleasure, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Great meeting Appreciate you. you. Stay tuned. Until More coming time. from Radio Row. Super Bowl 57. Outkick 360 rolls on. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Back in Arizona, glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Hutton Withrow with you, Outkick 360, joined by Ross Tucker, the man of many hats. You can hear him on... Uh the color commentary for so many different football games and CBS on college, Westwood One on NFL. I do the Eagles preseason games, yep. Eagles pregame. It's a it's a long con to try to avoid <laughs> a real job as long as I possibly can. I mean, that's basically well the gig. Yeah. Well done. You were sir. terrific on the Army Navy game. I was driving around and had to listen to almost the entire second half and overtime, but great job with that. Thank you so much for saying that, man. So first of all, I love when anybody compliments me. Period. But like. We all that, yeah, thank you. That game, though, that's, just, that's my single favorite day of the year. It's funny because we were talking earlier about Clay and what he's doing now. That's like the one. So I don't pay attention to politics yeah. or even news at all because it's just so negative. I just, I'm just not into it. Yeah. I, I'm a, you guys will see in the next five minutes I'm a very positive person. But I'm aware of, like, how divisive these times are and, like, the political polarization. If you want to feel really good about the United States, go to the Army-Navy game. I don't know how else to describe it. It, It's it's like the fact that every – what other game do you have every member of the student body for both schools? Every single – they have to be there. It's mandatory. So they're in the two corners. They create so much energy, and you just feel like, okay, Army hates Navy, Navy hates Army, but there's very much this understanding that we're all actually on the same team. It's real life. I I, I wish – but I wish, like, we could realize that in real life like there's republicans there's democrats we're all actually still americans like that's the team and at least that day you feel that way you know that day day you feel like we're all on the same side it's bucket list when you're you're listening or you're watching and we've been there a couple times but i'm always thinking no we're gonna be okay yeah i think that's exactly if if these are gonna be our leaders then we're gonna be okay when i'm watching those cadets and midshipmen i do every army home game for cbs so i meet with them friday mornings at least two players, that's the exact vibe I get every time. Like, I, I, I meet with these young men, and these are guys, imagine being 17, okay, and you have, like, five or six scholarship offers. And it's not Tennessee and, and Florida, but, I mean, they could go, a lot of these guys could go to Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They could go to Western Kentucky. They choose. They could go be a college kid. Yeah, 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 for free, for yeah. free. They choose and sign up. For nine years, four years in college, five years commitment of like a very different college life. I don't know. Where did you guys go to school? Tennessee. Middle Tennessee. Okay. You nailed it. A very different experience than what we had. Yes. Okay. A very, very, like girls, parties, like the whole deal. I'm just like in awe of these kids. Oh, there's LeVar Arrington. I got three stitches in my ear from that guy right there. (laughs) It's always nice to see something like that. Time for payback. He swung. um, We got in a fight. And I was, like, punching him. I thought I was getting the better of it. And he was just grabbing at my helmet. He got my helmet off. And he swung it at me as hard as he could. Thank goodness he missed. 
Like, I would have died. I mean, you can't, like, we, you can't get hit in the helmet by someone like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so he missed, and then they came over, and they break up the fight, and they pin your arms like this. So I'm pinned like this. And LeVar gets his right arm out and hits me with a right hook, left side of my ear, split the top of my ear. Blood just comes flowing out. I didn't, I didn't miss any of the practice. My O-line coach is mad at me. Kim Helton, um, Clay Helton's dad, yes. he's mad at me. Because I lost the fight. So I'm 23 years old. And I'm, now I'm killing people. And now I'm mad. I go in after practice. They put three stitches in my ear. And they x-ray my hand. I hit them so many times in the helmet. And it was so brutal. They thought I might have broke my hand. So I'm, I'm dating my wife at the time. She's living in New York City working in finance. And I'm driving home. And I call her. And I'm like, how was your day? And she's like, Oh, my gosh, you would not believe what Samantha said at lunch. Samantha at lunch was talking about that. And I'm just like, okay. She's like, how was your day? I was like, well, I almost died. They thought I broke my hand, and I got three stitches in my ear. But tell me more about what Samantha said at lunch. You have, you, know had, I mean? have you had a chance to talk to LeVar about this since it happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good. I say, can we do this on air? No, uh, no, he no, no, no. Yeah. He and I are friends, actually. Um, I, what I say now is it's just a great story. Oh, absolutely. I, I loved it. Hey, tell us about Simple Bet. This is a, a, something a little bit different where you can do almost anything over uh, so, the so game. I, I'm so mad that I didn't hear about this till two weeks ago or whatever when they reached out to me. It's live betting, but it's based on the action going on. So you can bet on every play. Like You can bet not only can you bet run or pass – you can bet if the next Mahomes pass is over 9.5 yards or under 9.5 yards. You can bet every drive. So like the NFC Championship game, I was telling you guys off the air, you could have been absolutely hammering the Niners are going to punt on this drive because they couldn't do anything. Or the Niners are going to run the ball. Niners are going to run the ball. They say um, Chris Bevilacqua, the CEO, is walking around with me. He was saying the biggest sport is baseball, which makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Like, there's no way I could sit through a nine-inning baseball game. It's a great But if I'm sitting there, yeah. if I've got, like, a beer in my left hand, and in my right hand I'm on the DraftKings app, and I'm, you know, in the live in-game betting, you just hit in-game, and I can bet on, like, whether it's a strikeout or a walk on the next at-bat, or I can bet on each pitch. He said um, some of their biggest bets they've had so far were Aaron Judge – at the end of the baseball season, people betting walk. Because, you know, they kept pitching around yeah, him because yeah. they didn't want to break the record. People were just betting walk, 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 walk like crazy. And they were making a lot of money from it. So you guys know, like, I mean, you're, you're young guys, but even younger people, like, they are so used to, like, TikTok and Instagram reels at this point. They're not going to just sit there, bro, and watch a three-hour game. Yeah, they, they, need, need right they need to feel like they are actively involved yeah. in what's going on. So right now, it's at, um, it's at DraftKings, Caesars, and Bet365. So all three of them, for the Super Bowl, you can bet on every play as you're watching. It's nuts. Awesome. Ross, thank you so much. Yeah, Ross, absolutely, man. guys. I'd love to come on with you guys again sometime. Let's do it. Let's Keep it. killing yeah. it, man. Let's do it. Keep Same killing to you, it. man. Uh, coming to a uh, broadcast near you is Ross Tucker, uh, and it does a great job uh, as a game analyst from preseason, regular season in the NFL uh, with the Eagles and, of course, with college football. Coming up a bit later in the show, um, we will uh, be joined by Charlie Gasparano. We're going to discuss the uh, sale that's going to happen for the Washington Commanders and how soon, uh, plus more guests from Radio Row still to come at our broadcast site. Chad, it's been fun. It's been a great start so far. 
And how cool is Ross? Uh, I, Ross love the, is awesome. I love the LeVar Arrington story yeah, also. Yeah, uh, right as uh, LeVar walked by, he's standing over here right now. That's cool. Um, and they just said hello as, as they walked off. The, um, the storyline of the week, there's plenty of them. But on the field, Patrick Mahomes and the ankle. Do you, he's not 100%. No. But they're, I mean, based off what I've seen, what we've seen in the AFC Championship game, I'm not buying into this being a big issue come kickoff. It, it, another two weeks has passed, and we saw what he just did against the Bengals. Well, he looked good against Cincinnati. So I, I keep going back to that performance and thinking how unlikely that was, given yeah. the time you know, to, to recover from what we saw against Jacksonville. And I, he's not 100%, but, I mean, I fully – it's weird that we're getting ready for this game and we open the show talking about different matchups and what to watch and which team can rush the other with just four guys and what's coverage going to look like. But we didn't really ask any questions about Mahomes' ankle, and that's because what we just saw against Cincinnati combined with two weeks to get ready for it. So – He's going to favor it at times. You know, the big concern I would have for him would be that first, you know, landing on it wrong, yeah. getting hit on it. How does that affect it? But Hutton, I feel like he's going to look close to 100%. He's not. But from what we saw and the toughness of Patrick Mahomes, I do feel like he's going he's gonna to look the part in this game, and we're not going to be asking a lot of questions about that ankle. Roger Goodell held the state of the NFL union today, so to speak. And the big quote that's making the rounds, and I'm taking one small quote out of what's going to be a long press conference, um, on NFL officiating, Chad. For us, when you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. That from Roger Goodell after what we saw in the NFC and AFC championship games. Um, They better hope that they don't have the same type of performance from Carl Sheffer's crew, his all-star crew, that will be taking the field as the third member of the Super Bowl rosters. Uh, Because the discussion after the championship weekend, Chad, it wasn't about the winners, it was about the officiating. Yeah, and is the league fixed? You know, people asking that stupid question. Um, I, I wish Roger Goodell, well, he may be right. You know, officiating may be better than it's ever been. I don't buy that. But you got to acknowledge those games, as yes. high-profile as they were, were not completely executed to a level that you would want a conference championship game to be executed. So let's, let's come to grips with that. If you're well, Roger Goodell, let's, let's put that out there and then say, while I think officiating is very good, we do need to be better in certain areas. And when your highest-profile games of the year, and we're talking about the final three, mm-hmm. championship weekend, Super Bowl Sunday, when two of the games on Championship Sunday, there's technical errors throughout the game or procedural errors throughout the game, that's not, that's not a good thing. Well, the, that's not something to harp on. And what he can point to, though, in his favor, in the league's favor, is, I mean, it, as far as the standard is concerned, there is no higher standard than what the NFL officials are held to. Um, plenty of complaints across college athletics at the highest level. And the SEC for instance. So I understand where he's coming from on, you know, how much goes into making sure that the standard is met. But when it's not, and it's so glaringly not met in the biggest matchups of the weekend for each conference, I'm with you. 
there needs to be more acknowledgement of it. And but here's here's the other truth. If on Monday we're talking about the game and not the officiating, no one's going to discuss championship weekend again because it's not going to be the storyline. It's going to be about the great matchup. Yeah, I think we're talking to Armando Salguero about that, and he said, you know, if if the last game is officiated poorly, or no, Mike Pereira, Mike we Pereira, had on, yeah, and he said that's he roots for that more than anything else that you don't get in a situation where there's problems in the Super Bowl because that's all you talk about. Right. That is the lasting impression. I, I think you're right, Hun. I don't know that it goes away. You know, they're, I'm not going to put it to the level of uh, what happened with the Saints on the pass interference that year against the Rams and how that made a rule change the next year, but we did remember that and it wasn't a Super Bowl. Um, I do think that a quiet, good game, and by quiet I mean we're not you know, complaining about the officiating in the end, that's going to do a lot to have a quieter offseason in regards to the officials. Derek Carr, he's actually been granted permission to go ahead and start speaking to a, a team. There will soon be more teams. But uh, according to CBS Sports last night, um, and this was through NFL.com as well, the Saints have been granted permission uh, through the Raiders and, and through Carr's team to go ahead and begin in inquiring about the either free agent or trade quarterback that's going to take place. That'd be a great landing spot. He's 31 years old. They'd be trading him to the NFC. The division makes sense. Um, it's an it's, upgrade for the Saints. It's absolutely. And look, the, it, the, the Raiders are looking for an opportunity to get something in return for a quarterback they're going to end up cutting anyway. So if you're going to grant permission um, and you can find the team that's willing to pay him, this is the, the logical choice. It, it's just odd to me that they haven't granted this prior to yesterday. What, what does this make the Saints? You know, that, that's, that's my big question. It's an upgrade for them at quarterback, but I mean, with their defense, that division now? Defense, division. The division's a, a, a bonus, Ka obviously. Kamara, Chris Olave. Mike, Mike Thomas is out of there. Chris Olave. They're the favorite, right? Yeah. Yeah. I put them up top. Carolina's a nice young team, new head coach. They don't have a quarterback. They could also – I mean, the, the NFC South actually makes a lot of sense for Derek Carr. Yeah. In all the spots. Yeah, the entire up. division. What is Desmond Ritter going to be in Atlanta? That's a big question. Yeah, but I mean, we were already discussing upgrades for what they could pay a quarterback, what they tried to do with Watson last year. Yeah. In Atlanta. What if he just goes through the, through the division now? Hey, I've been granted permission to go to the Saints. Now I'll go to the Carolina. Bucks. Carolina, Atlanta, and I'll pick between the NFC South. And Tampa. Uh, mean, he's, he's definitely an upgrade for all four of those teams within the division. Yes, and, you know, the, Josh Jacobs is also uh, going to be a free agent unless he's tagged, and I don't think that's going to be the case. He's been linked. There's rumors circulating about Miami in the run game. They want to improve drastically uh, in, in their backfield. Mike McDaniel, run game coordinator in San Francisco, now the head coach. Josh Jacobs, who has cashed in this season and a, a, another prove-it season for, for a player in the AFC, here is uh, Jacobs with uh, what would be a great spot for him. Given the offense, given what's going to happen defensively with Vic Fangio and the fact that they need to find some semblance of a run game, which will also in turn protect their quarterback, which is going to be Tua Tagovailoa, according to Miami, if you believe them. I really like that possibility for Miami to improve the run game with Josh Jacobs. Um, 
Derek Carr is fascinating because yeah. once Brady was off the board, we immediately went to Aaron Rodgers, and you know for obvious reasons. Well, now he's going to be in an isolation chamber for four days before he makes his decision. <laughs> Now's the time for Carr to so, cash in. Yeah, now it's now it's Derek Carr, right? I mean, now he's kind of the the guy that teams are going to evaluate and look at as an upgrade at quarterback. Well, and now you know, who's going to be the surprise mover at QB for a team this offseason? You know, Ryan Tannehill could be traded. Yeah, who's going to be the Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford move right. this offseason? Yeah, uh, aside from Carr, who we know is not going to be a part or of the Vegas Raiders. one of these teams trading up to get a quarterback early that's going to let go of a guy that we think is pretty solidly in place as their guy right now. Jimmy G is going to be available. Yep. We know that. Um, and, it's, and, and Aaron Rodgers on the move. I don't, man, all the discussion, it does not sound like he's coming back like it did last year. This isn't just a money move. He's due roughly $60 million. If it's a money move, you stay. You don't think he's going to play? No, I'm saying he's going to play. It, it doesn't feel like last year where all of the talk and discussion was about getting paid. Yeah. If you want to continue to just grab the bag, then you take the $60 million that's due he to can, year two. He could do that. And it sounds like he's, he's going to be on. San Francisco. I, I just think he wants to go somewhere else. Yeah, me too. My, my thought is he's, he's done with Green Bay and he wants to go play somewhere else and try it and see if, if he can win another Super Bowl elsewhere. And, That's the goal. And that in four days of isolation. Those are the two off-season goals for Aaron Rodgers. Raiders and Jets, man. Raiders and Jets. Both make a lot of sense. Coming up, we discuss the Washington Commanders. Daniel Snyder, potential sell, Jeff Bezos, and more. We've got the headlines regarding all of that with Charles Gasparino from Fox Business and the details of how soon we could see a sell of the NFL franchise and going to set records. The question is what's it going to go for? That's next on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. Outkick 360. We'll get Hutton's headset figured out here. I don't know if it's off or uh, volume's just down. Um, but we are going to be joined by a special guest right now, Hutton, I'm back. Fox Business Analyst. Uh, we're going to talk about some big news out there. Yes. Uh, Charlie Gasparino joins us from Fox Business Network with some news, uh, Charlie, on the potential sell, the what will be a sell of the Washington Commanders. What can you tell us? Probably. Uh, we should point out that, you know, I don't know if he has to sell. Okay, now the pressure is on him to sell because of all the controversial surrounding, you know, the, the, this, the investigation that's going on. There was congressional pressure. We don't have to relitigate that. You guys know that story better than I do. And Bobby Dan, when I say he, meaning Dan Snyder, the uh, principal owner of the, uh, of the Redskins. Uh, full disclosure, I know Dan. I really like Dan. He's, he's always been great to me. Uh, I, 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 I do feel, feel badly for he, him and his wife, who are, you know, essentially good people that, as far as I know. Um, I will say this, though. The league believes this thing is going to sell sometime after the Super Bowl. 
sometime before the owners meeting in March. Okay, so that's where they're eyeing the date, right around there. Uh, there is an investment banker hired, Bank of America, so they're looking at bids. Um, and, uh, you, you know, in the end, I, I think, you know, when I talk to people who know Dan Snyder, they tell me they just think he's sick of the bullshit, to be quite honest with you. They're sick of the relentless media negative coverage. He's sick of all these stories with a lot of it in innuendo about what he knew or didn't know involving sexual harassment inside the organization, you know, while he's the owner. Um, you know, and, you know, he's got a family, he's got a wife that, that, he, that he loves, and he kind of just, you know, if he can get $7 billion for this thing, you know, he, he, he just might take the money and run and move somewhere. He already sold his house, as you know. Uh, a lot of people say he wants to move to, to London, maybe he wants to buy a sports franchise over there or a soccer team or something. Who knows? Remember, he bought it for less than a billion, from what I remember, from what I remember something like $700 million. So the question becomes, who could buy it? I mean, these are the names that are being floated. Now, I'm not saying they're interested because I haven't spoken to these people, uh, although I did put a call to Jeff Bezos, but we'll get to him in a second. Um, these are the names I hear. Josh Harris, you know, they, they run, he runs that private equity firm. The name escapes me, but it's in, it owns the Philadelphia 76ers as well and some other properties. Uh, and, uh, you know, they can do it. Um, Someone told me John Henry, the former, I think I think he's now the former owner, right, of, of the Red Sox. Um, he might be interested. Uh, and then again, and then there's the aforementioned Bezos, who, you know, everybody keeps throwing water on the Bezos thing. But I'm telling you, senior people inside the NFL believe that he may not be a bidder initially, but he may come. He doesn't want to get into bidding war. That's one thing he doesn't want to do, distract, get into that type of distraction. But he may come down in the end. Do what Steve Cohen did, put a lot of money down and say, with the Mets. Remember, Steve Cohen came in and said, here's my, here's my, my uh, offer, it's cash, and I, you know, kind of take it or leave it at some point, and you know, usually you take it. And so, and why is Bezos interested in that? Well, a lot of people say he's a football fan, but his, his girlfriend, I think, they're still girl, he, that's still his girlfriend, they're not married, <laughs> Lawrence Sanchez. Um, his girlfriend is a big football fan, as you know, she dated Tony Gonzalez back in the day, and so, and, and by the way, I, just so you know, this is not like water cooler speculation. I mean, there's speculation and there's speculation. This is coming from significant people inside that with ties to the um, you know, people in business capacities that deal with all the major players that I've talked, spoke, I, I've mentioned. So first, so this is not six degrees of separation. Figure this is one and two degrees of separation in terms of my sourcing. Again, as someone who's covered Wall Charlie Street Gasparino. for as long as I have, um, yeah, let me just make this point. You can chime in. Someone who's covered Wall Street as long as yes. I have, and deals, you know, people talking to, to companies talking, it's never a deal till you see the paper. Okay, so there's a lot of things that could prevent any of this from happening, just so you know, where he might just sit on this for a while. It's, it's, that's always a potentiality in, uh, in, 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 in any sort of deal making scenario. Go ahead. Charlie, the, uh, the the rivalry between Bezos and Snyder is also interesting here. Um, and the, the fact that Bezos could just offer so much that Snyder uh, acquiesces to the money, uh, that's a, another intriguing aspect to follow, especially considering how much Bezos would want to be an owner in the league. Yeah, I mean, apparently they don't like each other, right? Um, uh, yeah. 
But but does that ever is that if someone's going to write you a check for seven billion dollars, you might might forget about any <laughs> I know I would. <laughs> but uh, and Dan bought it for like he bought it for like five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred, something yes. like that. Seven hundred million to seven billion yes. is a really nice payday. And he and again, when I, I haven't spoken to him directly, but I know people that have. I think he's tired of the bullshit. I think you know he feels that a lot of this stuff that's swirling around about him, the serious as charges are, as they relate to him, is full of innuendo. It's hurting his family. He's got a he's got a wife and kids, and he, and he doesn't need it. You know what I'm saying? He's got a nice yacht. He's got some money, and he can just do his thing. Charlie Gasparino has been our guest. Charlie, thank you uh, for the for the uh, for the insight here. And again, with your report on the 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 sell that's likely just over the horizon past Super Bowl Sunday, we appreciate you. Stay tuned. There'll be more turns of the screw on this one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we look forward to having you on again soon. There's Charlie Gasparino, Fox Business Network. Um, and we got a big final hour of the show ahead for us. Um, go ahead. Jim McMahon yes. and Kyle Turley will join us to kick things off. One of our favorites, Garrett Blunt. Always blunt with his assessment of everything. Three-time Super Bowl champ. He's going to join us. Uh, pro football doc, Dr. David Chow, will be here live with us on Radio Row. we got plenty left on today's show. I'm excited about it. It's going to be fun, and uh, headlines as well as it develops as more come out of the uh, out of the Goodell presser. Um, Haley Karania is going to the Gronk press conference. Anything you want her to ask Gronk? I didn't know Gronk was having a press conference. So my first question to Haley would be, what is this Gronk press well, conference? Well, it's the kick of destiny thing with FanDuel that you like so oh, much. Oh, yeah, it's a great idea. It's also it's a, a terrific idea. It's a great idea. play on Tenacious D, pick of destiny. It is, yes. I'm a big Tenacious D fan as well. Uh, they've got a good song in the Croods 2 New Age soundtrack that my seven-year-old <laughs> wow. likes. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a, a play, I think, on a Tom Jones song in that, but it's it's uh, terrific. So we really tie it all in. Tenacious D, Rob Gronkowski kicking a field goal, and possibly people winning money because of that. we got a lot going on in this final hour. Looking forward to it. And, again, we lead it off with Kyle Turley and Jim McMahon, who will be with us to kick off hour number three. Stay tuned. A lot more coming from Radio Row. Super Bowl 57 coverage across the Outkick Network with Outkick 360.